Hi, Brett. This is Rachel Dolezal sending you a big shout out from Rob, your roommate. So That's I me. hear that you guys have been best friends since college. That's and true. that I hate you, you for have doing reached us. a big milestone with your weight loss. And I just wanted to send you a shout oh out. Congratulations on reaching that 50 pound mark. Of Woo! weight loss that represents a lot of perseverance great, and hard work <laughs> and discipline. So pat yourself on the back. Do something special, special to celebrate for sure because you deserve it. And keep going. Keep inspired. And stay healthy and strong in 2020. <laughs> How much did that cost? Uh, I, here's the thing. <laughs> I spent forty dollars on that. It <laughs> did not come for the Patreon, in case you were curious. Well, it, it can. Let's let's have that conversation later. <laughs> Thus far, it has not. I have only ever had a podcast. I've only suffered through having a podcast that one day I might meet Rachel Dolezal and let her own you. <laughs> and I will not have you deny me this. This plan was put into uh, to put into action over a decade ago. He knew you were getting dollars <laughs> of our Patreon. Like, if you're upset by that, again, go ahead and reach out to me uh, because I'm Rob at Dumb and Awful. This is Brad at Relentless Board. <laughs> this is Brad at Fizzfishizzle. I'd love to hear from you <laughs> if, if you listen to this pod. But also, you think this was not a good use of money. You are a, a, a political entity that I don't understand. <laughs> and I need you to explain it to me. <laughs> and if you think like, well, no, because that won't be fun. Buddy, we're about to get into the most unfun podcast you can ever imagine. Or not imagine. Because I would say about six months ago, our current reality would have been unthinkably deranged. But that is what we're going to work with for like the next hour. So strap in. Welcome to dumb and awful. Uh, the show's at dumb, awful show. Here we fucking go. like the fact that they continue to have elections under coronavirus because i think if you risk your life to vote for bernie sanders in a primary that's like extremely fucking cool and i also think if you risk your life to vote for joe biden in a primary that's really fucking cool but for totally different reasons <laughs> i think once it sort of became obvious they were going to force biden upon us and the olds were just going to outvote us just out of pure spite. I, yeah, go I, ahead and have I am the election. certain I'm not. Go, the, go stand in line. I can't be the only uh, person that is extremely upset with having Biden forced upon them. Though for legal reasons, I'll imply I am the only person upset about that. <laughs> that guy sucks. By the way, to the DNC, this is something me and Brett have been talking a lot about. Good luck. The fact that the DNC now has to prop up this almost literal corpse 
for the next one or perhaps four years, a distinction that also Joe Biden seems unclear about. <laughs> it's like, you know what? If if you really if you really fucked us to do this, then by all means. It's like I was at Lincoln Center just playing a piano concerto for everyone, and you interrupted me to just savagely blast your own ass on stage. <laughs> it's like, I am going to give you room to do that. Uh, I don't know why you're choosing to do that <laughs> here and now. It seems wildly inappropriate. But Joe, blast that ass, Biden. Godspeed to you and the DNC. <laughs> I, I, I hope you and Neera Tandon live happily for the rest of your days. And the we what the the debate with Bernie and Bernie was bringing up every single shitty vote Joe's ever made and doing it in a way that was like as polite as he possibly could and still like full of decorum and blah blah blah. Trump is going to get on the stage and tell Joe that he's demented and wakes up in the morning and pees in the closet every single day and Joe is just going to stutter and fumble around and not have a response and people are going to be like, well, I mean, Trump really hit hard there. He called a old man with Alzheimer's demented. Do you understand if it's Biden, which increasingly is looking like it is, Trump could just print fuck Anita Hill t-shirts, and in fact, I might do that, and publish them, and it would fucking sink Biden, because it can't be said enough. There are like six different things that are disqualifying, not just to be president, but like an adult man who seeks to participate in society, and go back and watch the Anita Hill shit. Ugh. It it's fucking deranged, and this is who the woke scold segment of the DNC is is choosing. There's no morals. These people aren't your friends. They don't care about you. It's like I've actually come fully around to the far right. If you're a DNC fanboy, you are the biggest cuck in the world. Oh, agree. Yeah. Like, like if the yeah. right votes against their interests all the time, libs do too. Yeah. 100%. If you, there is nothing, and I mean, I mean this literally, I was thinking about this. There is nothing you can criticize Donald Trump for where Joe Biden doesn't have not only a worse example, but has voted for it on record, like for 20 years. Yep. You have no attacks on, you can make against Trump that now that you're running Joe Biden, you can say nothing to him. Well, for every well listen here, Donald, you might've missed, you might've given Hillary the what for, but what if we give you an even shittier candidate, <laughs> even further to the right with even worse policies and votes. Also someone who has assaulted multiple women on camera that you can talk about. Uh, and one who's losing his fucking mind. Hey, that'll be easy for you, right? Like it's oh, and one where you have already created the groundwork necessary to attack him on uh, his family taking money from the government. So yeah, you can't attack. Job. You can't attack Trump on corruption, mismanagement, poor votes, or behaving abhorrently towards women, because all that applies to Biden. Applies as well. to Biden. So just what are we actually social security? You can't even hit him with left politics because he's about to abolish rent. <laughs> there is you right now. It is incredibly likely that one of the delays in testing was so that Jared Kushner's company could get its foot in and make their own tests and sell to the U S market. This is fucking treason and people should be put against a wall for this. And you can't attack Trump for that. If Biden is your nominee because his coked up son has been getting hundred thousand dollars a month from a company in ukraine and his daughter hangs out with one of the trumps as well so it's hard to say that he's not also of the same cloth right like you can't pretend he's different when your families literally hang out together and you both fucking benefit from being in the government like you, you guys are clearly doing the same shtick 
one of you's just been around longer and has way worse votes and takes worse care of his voters than Trump does. Like, what the fuck? Yeah, yeah. To be clear, uh, just because I guess, I guess to to fucking Nira and the DNC, I guess this is what you wanted. But uh, for the next six months or so, we are going to have to talk about Trump v. Biden. And for the listener, we hate Trump. We hate Trump. We genuinely we hate Trump. We're not going to vote for him. It is disgusting. Uh, uh, It's looking for a while. It was like, well, you know what? Trump's a big dumbass, but maybe the next or the guy after him who's a Republican will, will bring in fascism. Trump could credibly cancel elections and send the military to occupy New York City, which, by the way, our mayor is currently calling for and it would be like the prudent decision right now he might right choice he might accidentally lead us to fascism now as a dumbass without any more so i'm very very concerned about trump that said the, (laughs) the tone the tone going forward is going to be confusing to some people because they're gonna be like why are you giving trump credit when he's the enemy Right, you, you shouldn't be doing that. You should be supporting Biden and getting behind our candidate. Right, number one, not a Democrat, so I won't be doing that. I, <laughs> I owe you nothing. You've done nothing for me, and that's point number two. Uh, Joe Biden can also be differently bad. Right? I have a wage garnishment because of Joe Biden. He decided that was a prudent course for America. That people should be required to take loans to afford a huge number of universities and then should be garnished forever. And that should not be dischargeable in bankruptcy the same way that like a a failed subway franchise is right. We don't even get that level of protection. That's Joe Biden. So, uh, fuck him forever. I'm going to shit on him for the next six months. Also, if you are one of those people, that's like a Bernie doomer, you should shit on him too. Because there's no reason not to now we're free. We're finally free. (laughs) The last time we had an economic collapse, I had to fucking get so desperate I joined the military. There is no chance in hell I let one of the motherfuckers in power last time come in again by my vote. This is not going to happen. I'm not going to vote for him. I'm not going to vote for anybody who voted for Iraq and Afghanistan. And then years later, years later, when it became uncomfortable, pretended that he got tricked. Joe Biden, I mean, not just voted for it, which he fucking did, and he loved every second of it. Joe Biden was on the chair of the Armed Services Committee, and he selected the witnesses that came in and started spouting this nonsense about aluminum tubes and yellow cake and all that stupid, ridiculous fucking bullshit from 2002, which all the the, the smart and the right people were like, oh, yes, clearly this this shows that, you know, Iraq could fire nukes on, you know, anyone at any moment. Like he was he was ground zero for this. This was him. And he also loved bombing Iraq in 1998. He loved doing it in Desert Storm for the first go around. This dude has been fucking sending Americans to die in the Middle East for 30 fucking years and they're going to turn to us our generation the people that have been dying there and people who don't have jobs because of it and they're going to be like well I guess you must love Trump then like no suck my cock yeah Brad my my uh I had to have this argument with my dad which by the way we all have to have that argument with our dads if available uh because they are boomers now is the time this is our once in a lifetime candidate Right, like it, it, the gloves are off. If you want to see Bernie elected 
you have hope there. The gloves are fucking off because you need the boomers to come around and see that Bernie's literally the only choice. Biden is losing his fucking, it's gone, right? Yeah. But also, if you think Bernie is done and you're fully blackpilled, you also can take the gloves off because there's no reason to be nice to these boomers now. They may have just given you a death sentence. So I was arguing with my dad and just going, why would I vote for Biden? I have a wage garnishment because of him. He has been awful since we've given him power. Why would we give him more power? And he said, well, if it's not him, it's the Republican. And I had to actually go like, do you understand the problem? It's that you and your generation have been saying that for 40 years without ever trying anything else. And the situation we're in right now, since I don't hold the reins of power, I'm the most disenfranchised, weakest generation there's ever been. We're the first one that took the hit in the recession. I'm not holding the reins of power. You are. So do you think after trying it your way of, well, you got to give them your vote or the worst Republican you can imagine will get in. If that has gotten us here, maybe it's time to try something different because there'll always be another world-ending Republican across from you at every election. And hey, Biden's you know, and been a Republican his whole career. Like, to be clear, he has been a Republican his entire career. He's been the bank-friendly candidate. He Bloomberg literally was a Republican, and he was to the left of Biden on the debate stage. Under Biden's plan, Bloomberg pays less in taxes than under Bloomberg's own plan. That, that's, that's who they went with. I cannot tell you a single thing Joe Biden is saying that's going to happen under his presidency. I remember him saying that we were going to cure cancer, and I think he said we're going to get off coal power in 40 years. All of these things are dependent on who the fuck is actually controlling him because he's clearly not mentally capable anymore. Is this Joe Biden? Is Joe Biden running things? Is it's one of his campaign managers? It's like, Neratandon. Yeah, like I have no fucking idea. Um I, I've been telling Rob this for a while that my concern with this election was that Hillary loses, Trump comes in, and the Democrats uh, look at it as like a, a bolt of lightning rather than something that comes from systemic issues, right? And they don't recognize the thing that comes after him is so much worse. So much worse. The game has very much been... Uh, how long can you keep your head in the sand and not acknowledge systemic realities? And we got there with, look, Chris Matthews is not on the air anymore because we were <laughs> tantalizingly close to even the media apparatus. We saw Iglesias and Hayes and Melber start to go like, oh, maybe we do have to start talking systemic issues. And then fucking consolidation happened and they went oh thank god we can go back to uh great man bad man theory and rich dad poor dad thinking and it's america technocracy meritocracy we're all fucking fine everything's fine again and it is amazing that like as incompetent like as useless as the dnc has been my entire life I have watched them get completely outflanked by the GOP on every single issue since I've been politically aware and paying attention to this. And this fucking collection of fail sons and like shit daughters who've never worked a day in their life, who've never accomplished anything, pulled a pretty impressive move by knifing Bernie. So, you know, credit where credit's due. You finally did something. If you'd put any of that effort into stopping Trump, we might not be where we are today. At the end of the day, we spent the last four years, like, excited that the Democrats have been dragged left, right? And instead, what has happened is they took the moment to consolidate. They picked, there were three or four options they could have consolidated around. Buttigieg was leading, right? Buttigieg actually had a chance of getting youth vote. Not mine, but youth vote in general. But instead, they consolidated around someone even, 
even further to the right than the person who just lost. So Barack, all- never forget, Barack Obama personally flew out and stood in the room when Biden asked Pete Buttigieg, who was leading in the primary, to drop out and endorse Biden. Yeah. Obama, Obama was had in, to personally twist his arm because he was personally he ba- in the room with Pete Buttigieg. Apparently, Pete originally told them to go fuck themselves when they asked him to. And then earlier Obama that morning, yeah. earlier that morning, he said on Meet the President, yeah, I'm not dropping out. And they picked someone more right wing than Hillary and ignored the entire mass movement in the Democratic Party to ha- be remotely progressive. All the excitement that you've created vanishes overnight by doing this shit. Yeah, so this is sort of something me and Brad have been talking about a while. I'd be interested in getting your take, Brad. It's just this idea that, like, choices have consequences. I know it gets sort of talked about like it's prestige TV, but when you elect Donald Trump, we all go like, oh, damn, this is fucking terrible. And on that day in January, we're like, this is horrible. I'm sad. And we internalize that as the pain. But no, no, the pain is when the consequence of Donald Trump being president and having to run the coronavirus emergency starts to take hold, right? There are consequences down the line. When you talk about how the DNC is just filled with absolute, just hemophiliac fail sons of the Habsburgs, right? That sucks in like a, it makes TV worse way. Uh, Up until the point that you realize they are useless uh, in terms of serving the people that purportedly they they're looking out for right so yeah having a bunch of fail sons that can only really come together on an existential threat against bernie where they all consolidate behind one guy who is absolutely senile like that's sort of impressive in the way that it it fucks us for four years right but long term obviously going to be terrible a lot of people are going to die but as they're showing this week when the people who have to come up with solutions are that same population of of dipshits and fail sons, there are real consequences, and people are beginning to take notice. Brett, what was this with the Pelosi thing? They they posted the plan, Jesus and then Christ. even like the most normie, centrist, decorum journalists were just like, "What the fuck is wrong with you? You're supposed to be representing people, and you're pitching coronavirus solutions that are to the right of a Queens real estate guy." Apparently, a report came out that. Uh one of like Obama's former advisors had pitched the DNC on, or at least like the house leadership um, on the idea of just doing direct cash payments. Something that Bernie has been saying as well. Ilhan Omar has said, but like somebody with some power who's technically a centrist pitched them on the same idea and Pelosi killed it because it needs to be targeted and we need to do things like tax credits instead. And, and then and then one of her staffers posted that posted that like no she insists it has to be targeted blah 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 and it was the only time i've ever seen someone get ratioed largely by blue checks i've never seen someone get ratioed and have it all be political reporters trapped at home losing their fucking minds and going you know we ha- are you, like we're all with you to try to beat trump doing this shit in the middle of a crisis is not how you do it and now we're- we have an issue that does not care about how much money she has and it does, and it's. This is the first time, like in that entire generation's life, that there is something here that is going to target them specifically, that is uh, outside of their control, that is an existential threat, right? And they're still doing this shit. 
Like, this disease will kill you. This is going to cripple the economy. We're going to have 20% unemployment by next Friday, maybe, if not sooner. And they're doing means-tested tax rebates that can be traded in for, like, a Chipotle guacamole upgrade on a burrito. <laughs> yeah, that whole, like, being out of touch, like, I'm a rich white liberal and I— and uh, this affects you, not me thing. It, it's slowly wearing off with the coronavirus, but it's interesting to see, right? Like uh, a blue check centrists that never would go after Nancy Pelosi were ratioing her on Twitter because they're like, well, wait a second. Me and my family can be affected by this, not just poor people. That doesn't seem right. Normally there's some way I can get out of pain, right? We watched the New York City mayor today call for, uh, the full wartime mobilization of the U.S. armed forces and for a full occupation of New York City. Uh, that was pretty wild. But to your point, what was more wild is every reporter kept, I'm talking three, four times, sometimes one after the other, going, uh, can you say more about where the clusters are? And Mayor de Blasio, right. go, there's no clusters. It's already in your neighborhood. It's already in your building. That is the mentality you need to have because that is the reality. And then another reporter go like, but Borough Park, should we keep our kids away from there? And it's like, no, yes. there's no manager. The virus <laughs> is already at your door. Like there's no possible way you're avoiding this in New York. Touch everything. There's 40 million of us city. Like that's just not going to happen. And, and seeing this is why, uh, I, this shit's going to be real, real, real bad. But it also creates a real, real, real opportunity for either socialism or fascism. Because one thing that these great upheavals do is they, they really show the fraying edges of your system of governance and economy. Mm. And yeah. I, I mean, even if you're trying not to pay attention to politics, some amount of, wait, what the fuck is starting to trickle down to you? Right. And, uh, yeah, it's becoming harder and harder to to hide how alienated uh, people feel from their literal representatives in Washington. And you know, and that makes perfect sense. Nancy Pelosi is handling the response to this like this is some like program in the '80s where they're terrified of being flanked from the right by Republicans and Ronald Reagan. She so is handling to... this like it's the AIDS crisis, which is to absolutely, say absolutely extremely poorly and as it's some imaginary thing that will never affect their social circle. Right, right, that it was just the, the 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 nasty gays who have grid and who aren't like, you know, they don't really count anyway, but we kind of have to pretend to care because we're ostensibly the Democratic Party. And so we're going to do some yeah. yeah, meanwhile bodies are piling up in the street. Yeah, and and Donald, I'm a narcissistic hypochondriac Trump is for moral failings reasons outflanking her to the left. I say that not to praise Trump because it's horribly insufficient and probably setting up an ethnic cleansing, what he's doing right now. But Nancy Pelosi, also a fucking ghoul. And, and you're talking about like the faith in government. I think it's federal government specifically, because if you look at the state levels, um, there have been some pretty decent responses. I think overall, we'd probably be pretty happy with Quam or uh, with New York. They closed the schools too late. Um, DeWine in Ohio has done great. But then you look at someone like West Virginia, where the governor just said flat on the television, I don't know why you guys are looking at me for what to do. I mean, you know, who am I? I'm just the governor. Like, close if you want to close. I don't know. I mean, I, I understand that to an extent. Uh, one thing about the 
the New York City situation is that the, the mayor has been, for at least the last two or three days, going on TV and overtly begging, pleading, uh, looking depressed, occasionally laughing in absurdity at how fucked New York City is uh, without federal aid. Like he, he said today, Bill de Blasio said today that like, look, New York City has things taken care of in this crisis, this medical situation through mid-April. Yeah. However, uh, and, and that is with the current, uh, as people, or as his administration said, uh, exponential growth in unidentified but positive cases out there in the world. Uh, as this is happening, he said, we're going to run out if the federal government does not step in. He's like, a state can do whatever a state can, but at a certain point, and he listed, he's like, we need we need X number of ventilators, X numbers of PPE, personal protective equipment, X numbers of these particular tubes, right? Like, and there's no way to get that without the federal government. So if some governors are not doing too much, that's probably because uh, outside of the initial governmental stuff, they really can't. I mean, New York is a donor state. We donate money under the the federal government to places like Alabama. So if you're a, a governor in Alabama, you have no resources and no hope. So I don't know what your political plan really is. We're in New York and the mayor every day has to stop himself from crying as he realizes in real time that his legacy is going to be the plague boss of New York City. Like Bill de Blasio is on Twitter begging Elon Musk to make ventilators. And I have to say, and it pains me to say this, He's doing better than 99% of elected officials right now. Yeah. He's coming out and saying, okay, guys, it's time for some more real talk. And just telling you the numbers and telling you the exact moment we are all going to be absolutely fucked. He can't get through a press conference without using a dozen references to war. He's overtly saying, uh, I think when people look at the Great Recession, they're making a mistake. They should be looking at the Great Depression for a starter point for where the city is likely to be in two, six, 12 months. Like he is going all out on this shit. Is it that? By the way, is it that bad? It feels like it might be that bad. No, it's 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 that bad. I'm not. <laughs> I'm not exaggerating. I am like. Yeah. So you do need the you do need the federal government. It's just my point. <laughs> Continue. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, I I was just gonna say you were mentioning earlier about you know like having that talk with your parents about Biden and like Bernie Sanders. Like enjoy that talk because there's not going to be many more of them. Sorry, is that dark? Oh, a little bit. Yeah. Yeah, well, you know, <laughs> you guys are from Florida. That place is going to be in flames. Yeah, no, I was just like silently agreeing with you. Yeah. Uh, look, look, both. Yeah, it was just a moment of silence for the yeah. losses that we're about to sustain here. Do you understand? Know, like, like uh, look, my dad, my dad spent most of his life riding uh, a Triumph motorcycle from city to city uh, in a very offensive uh, native adjacent frayed <laughs> leather jacket. Just getting odd jobs <laughs> along the way and being insufferable. So, like, he, he's had a good run. <laughs> no, I was going to say, so as bad as it is, even if it just cleared up, we have basically nuked the economy already. Because every single person who works in the events industry fucked. Basically, every freelancer and contractor, which is a huge portion of the economy, and basically everyone under fucking 40 at this point, fucked. Right, like it's, it is uh this is a full on depression. You can include you can include me too. Uh, fucked on um, by coronavirus. 
Just, <laughs> if I cough at any point in this, because I've been just riding the subway and, and uh, fucking making out with dogs and, you know, like just doing normal shit that you do to stay <laughs> normal safe. Normal slop shit. And, and <laughs> I just think it'd be nice if I cough at some point in this podcast. Go ahead and just clip that. Uh, so after I die, you can be like, look, he had it and he didn't even know. It's like all those old plays where a woman coughs once and then she dies of consumption. Yeah. <laughs> the keen-eyed viewer knows what's going on. I just feel like if, if you Chekhov's did that, cough. if you did that, this podcast would finally be intriguing for the first time ever. <laughs> Although all things considered, like the, the last couple of weeks, having exposed how stupid and hollowed out and feckless our actual government and leaders all are, I got to say, in a relativistic sense, this podcast less dumb than it used to be. Yeah. No, fuck. no. I, I think we're I think we're average and awful. Now. Yeah, we I, look, I, we in an objective sense have not gotten any smarter, but as all of society international has shown that it just it, it was only faking it and it, they have no idea what they're doing. Uh we're not that far off the mean anymore, I think. What what you're seeing now is the exposure of all of the systemic failures that like Bernie has been trying to fix. Like Bernie would actually fix the system, right? Can you imagine Bernie's running right now on a platform that would fix the current generational crisis and he's losing because of boomers. It's because fucking they wild. they refuse to let him fix it. And he's literally boomers. he's literally running as modern FDR. He saw it coming. He said, please, God, let me fix it. You guys went, no, fuck you, man. You guys ever see a Bronx tale? Of yes. course. It's like the coronavirus uh, showed up to boomers like Chaz Palminteri in a Bronx tale and was like, all right, you can come here and uh, vote for Biden uh, if you want. Yes, yeah, fine. You don't have to be a part of this society. You can leave. And now they have done that. Coronavirus is turning around and going like, all right, now you can't leave. <laughs> they closed <laughs> the door on the boomers. <laughs> And for this act, they will basically, uh, you know, con contract a pandemic in the privacy of their own home uh, and die alone because all their friends and family are tired of seeing their their update about Sharia law in 2020 on Facebook. <laughs> Which was, of course, Trump offering money after those guys from Saudi Arabia on the military base murdered a bunch of American citizens. <laughs> yeah, it, by, the, by the way, that's a good point. It, it's important to realize how much the right... I know this doesn't score you any points unless you're a writer for The Daily Show, but how much of the right has no morals whatsoever? All the people that are just like, I've, I've got my uh, reflex scope sighted in if Jade Helm happens here again, are now just like, Daddy Trump, send the military to occupy my subdivision. It's the only way I'll be safe. The mayor of New York is calling for military control of the city. And all the far-right Long Island militia people are like, good. <laughs> the, in the entire DNC runs shit by that Toyota book of the just-on-time delivery system where you have, like, absolutely no drag, low weight, you never have anything in supply, and everything that you need to make your business move gets there just on time. Same thing happens in healthcare. We have just enough beds to probably be able to take care of everybody most of the time. And it's frankly amazing that it's been, you know, some 30-odd years since all this shit started happening in the 80s and it all went this way, that we haven't gotten to this point yet. Yeah, that, it's pure that, luck. That, that something fucking awful has not happened that has exposed it like this. Because they've been slowly shutting down hospitals due to Medicaid not being a thing in most 
states, all the right-wing states. They've been sh shutting down rural hospitals for years, right? Like, it, it's been a steady progression of this shit. I'm glad you mentioned the just-in-time thing, though. So, full stop. Uh, I, I've been wanting to talk about this. The reason why you see shelves run out of supplies uh, and all these grocery stores suddenly run out overnight is because every single thing within our system, including apparently healthcare, is run off of this supply chain methodology called just-in-time. Like Brad just explained, the idea with just-in-time is that you don't want any inventory left over. So in an ideal situation, if you say run a Walmart and you get all your deliveries every Monday, you want to just run out of goods when the new delivery shows up. That's like the ideal mathematical form you want to take. Obviously a little bit of wiggle room for real life, but that's what they're doing, which means the downside of that uh, should be pretty obvious by now. It's really easy to run out because everything is based off of somebody, some wonk somewhere doing a prediction about what demand will be for I, toilet paper. I, I can kind of understand that sort of supply chain management. If you're a private company in the retail sector, where you're just like, yeah, why would we store stuff needlessly? Right? As long as nothing goes wrong, this is a fine system. That works for private industry. Right, that, That's a sort of risk that you can take because it's your own investment. Um, when it's the lives of a country full of people who have elected you with a fiduciary duty to fucking uh, represent them and their interests, a little more fucked up. That you should not, that the system standard of as long as nothing goes wrong, like it's basically fine. It didn't work in Puerto Rico. It's probably not going to work fucking here. It's also, I don't know. It also is frustrating for me because it was created for cars. For cars, it makes sense. Extra cars are so fucking expensive. So extra inventory is like a really horrific thing, right? Doing retail makes less sense, especially if we're talking about dried goods and things like that, that would immediately sell out if any little thing went wrong, Right. So why wouldn't you have more stock? And it's and it's this thing that like you see a lot in government too that drives me crazy. It's the idea that you have to be maximum efficiency, right? Everything has to be min-max. Everything has to be efficient as possible so you can maximize profit off of it. Government is trying to do the same thing. <coughs> There's that call. Oh, no. <coughs> oh. Sounds pretty dry, Rob. Yeah, y'all are goofing now, but once I'm a ghost and people are still talking about me because I got owned uh, signaling my death on a podcast. <laughs> that's that's still living forever, kind of. So right. it's like most remember of, you? you know, Probably your it? friends and family and partner, not me. <laughs> but I'll tell you what, it's going to take a while before they delete that Final Fantasy XIV character, and I got raid gear that sparkles. So I, I'm not worried about my legacy. Let's say that. Mozart didn't die. He just became his music. And Rob won't die. He'll just become his hot takes on this podcast shadow bringers is my confutatus and if you got that kill yourself before you lose the ability to <laughs> yeah the, the obsession with waste is very uh, uh it, it's very specific and when it's deployed right because the hammer the hammer in fallujah that costs ten thousand dollars to procure that's a national scandal but murking all the civilians in fallujah with 40 billion dollar f-35s that also kill the pilot that's not wasteful it's also a thing though like i hate the idea of government efficiency like it sounds good when you hear it. you go like yeah why well, wouldn't the government be efficient but let's pause for a moment if the government's purpose is to take care of the citizens and civilians in it whatever that means to you if you're right wing that means military and that's it but like if that's its purpose there's a lot of things it's going to do that are inefficient is it efficient to have 
people deliver mail to every rural person in the country? No. Is it efficient to educate every single person? No. Even if you did a system where only 90% get educated, that would be wildly efficient because that top 10% costs way more because they're in distant areas or they have special needs or whatever the case might be. It's not efficient from a profit motive perspective to do all the things a government should be doing. And yet we do it anyway because its purpose is not to maximize the value of a dollar. Its purpose is to take care of the fucking citizenry. So maybe the government should be doing more inefficient shit with healthcare if it means all of us don't fucking die in a pandemic. Or maybe the government should be doing inefficient shit as far as backstopping retail stores or holding dried goods in cases of emergency so that all the grocery store shelves aren't empty and people aren't fucking panicking in the streets. Like there's a lot of inefficient shit they should do because it's for the good of the people. The government should not be run off of a profit motive. It's fucking dumb. You are seeing the results writ large of what that philosophy gets you. And it is jack shit, a broken system that can't deal with a crisis. Meanwhile, meanwhile, China, where it started, went fucking crazy, centralized uh, everything and shut it down. And they're largely recovering. Cuba has a great response. They're now giving retrovirals all over the world and offering assistance everywhere, as is China. Not China's <laughs> China's fucking billionaire is giving more fucking medical equipment away than most of America is. Like, so who exactly is the villain here? Because I'm pretty sure our country is the one that went out to try to buy a patent so that only we could get a vaccine and nobody else could. Like, it's becoming really clear that like the quote unquote inefficiencies of centralized planning is pretty goddamn good in a crisis. Yeah, it, American exceptionalism is definitely taken a hit, if only because people are now posting comparison photos of the ppe personal protective equipment uh which if you've ever worked a job that just fucking sucks you already know what that is (laughs) um uh they posted pictures of like italy south korea china and the united states ppe and it really does look like we're wearing a trash bag (laughs) like we look that if you saw that image and swapped out united states for like sierra leone MAGA chuds would be posting it all over the place about like third world countries, huh? But it's us. We're the richest country in the world and we're wearing trash bags and we don't have enough uh, resources for our hospitals, even compared to minor nations. It is the hearts of iron uh, parlance. Where'd all the money go? Oh yeah, upwards. (laughs) This is the whole ideology of our country. It seems insane to think, as Brett says, that profit motive would just be the impetus for anything you would ever want to do for the good of society. Uh, but that is literally uh, not the founding myth. That was slavery. We've come a long way since there. Uh, th- that is literally the ideology of like the last at least 70 years of U.S. hegemony. Yeah. Medical people in South Korea look like they're wearing like they look like they're getting ready to pilot an Evangelion. And they're just like taking temperatures on the side of the road. Yeah, we they have, have completely flattened their curve, and they're they're doing fucking great. And, yeah, and this is nothing for, for South Korea. They're they're gonna have like you know like a thousand positive tests, and the only reason they had any positive tests was come some crazy fucking cult decided that this was sent from God and that it was their mission to spread it all. And those people, at least in Korea, they had the like they had the good sense to fucking arrest all those motherfuckers and throw them in jail. Yeah, Korea doesn't fuck around. Yeah, Mon- Monster X puts more <laughs> effort into their choreography than we put into coronavirus response they were they were gonna they were gonna flatten that shit in an instant 
Did you see where once they realized how many people with Corona had been at Mar-a-Lago and at CPAC and uh, interacted with the president, none of the like appropriate agencies knew whose job it was to track that down and protect him. And so they've been having all of these fights about several different things about like whose job is that. The most recent one is they don't know whose job it is to track the supply chain for cleansing gear like, you know, hand sanitizer. And they're having these meetings where they're arguing with one another and like, no, actually, this is DHS's job. Like, no, actually, this is, you know, uh, you know, DOT's uh, priority. You know, it, like, nothing is happening at all. I mean, I, I kind of get that because if I was, like, position number seven out of the hundred that are supposed to be filled at the State Department, uh, <laughs> and, and it, it's, like, me and my two closest friends and only colleagues sitting on a giant <laughs> conference table where Trump's in the middle with a camera pointed on him and he's just doing his best not to, like fall asleep or offend Anna Wintour. Like I would also be like, yeah, I don't know about that one. <laughs> That's oh. one of those game theory optimal plays is when Trump goes, what do we have on hand sanitizer? You just go like, Ooh, I think that's DHS's thing as a security <laughs> threat. Don't you agree it's a security threat, sir? And, and then fuck off for the rest of the meeting. There is a, uh, Oh, to circle back real fast, the South Korea thing. If anybody tries to give you like, Oh, capitalist country took over, uh, they do a very much centralized planning version of capitalism. They pick and choose which industries get built up in their country. So, yeah. Much like the Soviet Union. I think it's called state capitalism. Well, let's just take a pause so everyone... Well, I'll be honest. 40% of our listeners can scream. <laughs> <laughs> it's a compliment. We're saying it got results. Like, it's not a compliment. But this is one of those things where, like... Okay, so we see what the capitalist nations are doing, which is basically just trying to do fascism if they can. Um, or just being bumbling incompetence. We're seeing the socialist nations do handle the crisis pretty well, by and large. And more and more, it's one of those things where, like, if you're under 40, why the fuck would you ever believe what all of these old people say is capitalism? Because you've never seen it. I am 33. Every single decade of my life, there has been one to two major crises. Basically, uh, I think the first 10 years I got were pretty smooth, and that was about it. Since then, I've had dot-com bubble burst. I've had fucking 9-11. We had uh, the crash in 08. I had to join the fucking military because of that shit. Right? Like, it has just been endless fucking issue after just, just Just to be clear, when Brett says, I had 9-11, so we were all clear. He's not referring to the... the the Muhammad Atta thing is referring to when, when Zara stopped taking semi-custom requests on their website for it was fittings. nightmarish. Yeah. How the fuck am I supposed to survive that? And now, now we're in a pandemic and economic collapse and the goddamn Buccaneers signed Tom Brady. Nothing good is allowed in this world. I didn't even, I didn't realize that, that the Bucks have Tom Brady. That's like when the Heat got LeBron, only you got him way after he was useful. Good it's luck, just, buddy. <laughs> we live in hell. This is why I gave up football, but it's just like, God damn it. Now I hope you get burned off from the earth, Tampa. You deserve it. Fuck you guys. Old, rich, conservative New England guy moves to Florida to retire. Could not write it better if you were getting it's paid to. Depressing. And the best yeah, part about this that goddamn is... goddamn system. There's nothing good <laughs> in the system, including fuck sports. Fuck Tom Brady. <laughs> Oh, but yeah, I mean, at this point, it seems pretty clear to everybody under a certain age that the capitalist system is dog shit and there's no reason to fucking support it. Like it, it has done nothing for any of us. Fuck this system. Fuck anybody who believes it's going to do good things for you. Like we're watching it just destroy our lives and our friends and family. Like yeah, Brad this. sort of hit, hit it this earlier, but like 
to to people under a certain age, the the ideology of boomers is completely inscrutable. Be- it makes because, no sense. Because from where boomers are at is basically outside of a brief aberration where maybe we weren't paying attention as much as we should have. Maybe we got complacent and we let others take the reins, and now things are really getting out of control. With this Greta Thurimberg or whatever her name is, I saw a great cartoon with her the other day, but she's ro- she's roiling things. And Bernie, all he wants to do is yell and shout and, and ruin the the sensible policies we have. You know, we, we really need to get back to when things worked. That's the boomer mentality. The Zoomer millennial mentality is like, every two years there's a cataclysm. <laughs> we need something that addresses cataclysms. Yes. What do you got you in there? Cataclysm insurance, yeah. please God. Fucking Hillary Clinton came out with a goddamn Netflix documentary where she just shit on Bernie Sanders for saying that no one could ever work with him and he never got anything done. A, what the fuck did Hillary ever do? B, what the fuck was Bernie supposed to have supported any at any point over the last 30 years? Ber- Bernie Sanders, he's he's unreasonable. You know, he thinks that we can just find a magical 1.5 trillion fucking dollars to spend on forgiving all student loans or also buying municipal and state bonds in order to slightly mollify the market for about 16 hours on one Monday and one week in the coronavirus. Like, like tough choice. It's really hard, and I'm starting to lose respect. Normally, like I, I as a white person, devil's advocate is my racial trait, and <laughs> and I, as a socialist, I have empathy. So I, I always fall into the trap of like looking at people and going, like I can kind of understand where they're coming from here, but that's getting increasingly difficult as the dollar amounts that we said were absolutely untenable are just being freely spent every other day on anything the government decides it's almost like uh mmt was correct we are a currency issuer it's not a problem if we actually care about it it's just that america has not actually cared about things like medicare for all and student debt relief up until very recently and only generationally and so we don't spend the money on that we spend it on the market but watching the hillary documentary uh through a modern lens even a modern lens of like the last month is just <laughs> it's incredible. It's especially damning. Don't tell us we don't have the money for it when I've watched five times the amount you're naming flow out of the US government for temporary relief that is never thought of or mentioned again. Every every single morning at like nine forty three or so, like universal health care is just thrown into the money pit. Uh, student debt relief is just thrown into the money, mm-hmm. and it's mm-hmm. happening every single fucking day. And it's that's like, a great way of putting it. And then, like, and you look at, and you can just type Dow into Google and look at that line. And there was your there was your student loan debt. It made it go up two hundred points for fifteen minutes, and then it tanked again. That's Dude, all it, it, it fucking reminds was. Me, it reminds me of. So I went to law school right before the Great Recession, which again, <laughs> whoops. Eh, I mean, I got out in time, and now things are going great. I mean, I'm buying Rachel Dolezal cameos for my podcast. Like, <laughs> <laughs> like I, I'm living the life. <laughs> but the, the way that law schools work is U.S. News and World Reports does the definitive ranking of law schools. And because it's all like technocratic libs, that's who goes. To, that's literally every person in law school. And some libertarians that are just like, I don't know, get money so I can start my fucking rape dungeon i don't know why they were there 
basically. <laughs> all all the people in my head I'm describing right now did go to work for the State Department. So take take of that what you will, right? Mm. But at law school, the U.S. News and World Reports uh, metric ranked you higher if you spent more money on students, which meant schools with huge endowments would figuratively light money on fire, spend a hundred grand on a student gala because that would increase their ranking four points and they'd finally leap Cornell because their expenditures on students was higher. Jesus. Like it, it, it feels a little bit uh, the same way where when we spend student debt relief or Medicare for all on an average Tuesday morning with no fanfare and nobody notices so that, I don't know, the market goes up a marginal amount and some really rich people will give a shit about that. It just, it echoes, man. And it bums me out. I mean, honestly though, thank God Bernie Sanders has been around banging this drum because when that happened, the response was universally, Hey, this would have paid for a bunch of stuff you said we couldn't get from Bernie. And then when this crisis happened, people went, oh, I could see why Medicare for all would be good. This is the whole point of doing leftist organizing before things hit. Because then when they hit, the fascist fucking talking point isn't the thing that percolates first. Right. right? Versus places in the UK where they're just trying to go full racist with it. Like oh, the, the first UK? thing that percolates. Yeah. yeah. You mean here? The first thing. <laughs> I mean, they're trying now here, but that's what I'm saying is the initial wave is the leftist talking point gets picked up right, and people go, right. oh, I, I guess a modern healthcare system that's universal does make sense. Oh, I guess we could pay for soon. Oh, I guess, right. All the things that he's been saying suddenly come home. That is really, really valuable when the other side are signaling as hard as they can that they're full on fascist. So thank, thank you for that, Bernie. If nothing else for constantly banging the fucking drum so that people have a reference point when shit hits the fan. This is also why Bernie absolutely should not drop out. He should drag through every Agreed. single primary and just keep talking about, I was right about all of this. Maybe once the villages are filling up their mass graves with fucking dumbass boomers who like went out and stood in plague lines to vote for Biden just so they could email their sons and daughters who don't talk to them anymore and gloat maybe then no you listen to me son you are in fact the cuck i voted for biden today <laughs> <coughs> oh this is this is nothing this is nothing <laughs> look look if i can make you laugh and, and have some ironic schadenfreude as a ghost i've already brought more joy to you uh than brett ever <laughs> no not brett fuck oh damn it we just got blue on blue there. I'm, I'm picking up the radio. I'm, I don't like that you guys' names start with BR because I was about to own you so savagely, and I just had to pull out after realizing I made a horrible mistake, which is also something I have some practice yeah. with. <laughs> uh, the last thing I was going to say about all this shit is I realize everybody's locked inside. We'll probably do more streaming and gaming, uh, community gaming, because like we're all trapped in this shit show now. Uh, I would say for those who haven't had this level of loss of control before in their life, for me, this reminds me a lot about the military. I started having military nightmares again because this is how it was. You had no control over anything. And at a certain point, you just have to accept that you have no control, which is what I would advise you as well. There's nothing you personally can do to magically stop the virus from spreading. So you should stay home. You should follow all that advice. But like, try not to fucking poison yourself on all the horror stories that will come out every day. Try to actually do anything to keep yourself distracted and remotely healthy 
mentally because like this shit is draining like this is how it goes you just have to sort of take a uh campaign military style strategy of like you just gotta slog through it that's what it is like you're just in the shit now and you just have to keep fucking trudging one step in front of another or in this case one couch cushion to the next until uh, you're through it that's, that's an interesting point and if you listen to this podcast which you shouldn't uh you know that i frequently say don't ever at me at dumb and awful which again you also shouldn't but i, I do kind of <laughs> want to have a conversation going forward especially if this is I feel like, I don't know if I'm being too optimistic or I'm just stuck in my ways, but like, I still have a hard time believing on an inherent level, like with my heart, that this is going to go on for three months, six months, a year. But when the mayor of New York says that, like, if you're an employee, figure out telecommuting real quick because we don't expect people should be going into their jobs for the next six months. When the mayor of my city says that, it's kind of jarring. Um... It, but it, I, my my point. I actually haven't lost my point here. I just I, I'll lay it out. Here's my issue. Like, Brett is smarter than me, and he is he is taking mm. the tack that is just stay home. It's gonna be rough. Um, you're you're probably gonna go a little bit insane. Me and Brett today literally walked by someone in Brownstone, Brooklyn. A guy walked out of his Brownstone, just yelled like, I'm going fucking insane with the quarantine. I'm losing my mind. I can't take it. And then he then he silently walked back into his home. <laughs> That's a 10-second episode where a dad just reached his breaking point, walked outside, <laughs> screamed, and walked back in as we happened to be on the sidewalk. Um, we're on day four. <laughs> If it goes to six months, like, yes, I'm with Brett where just we all need to figure out self-care and support each other because no one is going to be useful to a left movement if we all fucking go completely deranged uh, over whatever this quarantine is. That said, I'm having a hard time squaring my left impulses with, like, epidemiological realities. Mm -hmm. I, I, I want to keep doing mutual aid. Like, I, I, I want to sign up to go to a food bank and like do all that shit but is that like a really terrible idea yes so yeah. i know but it just feels like like someone has to actually sacrifice something like if, if every in a in a kantian sense we, we can't have a moral standard in which our duty is just to be reclusive for the sake of self Otherwise, Kant would love otakus, which the more I fucking think about it, it that checks out. <laughs> but but in, in this time of like real trouble, in normal times, I know how to be of service to comrades. And I kind of feel like I don't know how to do it now. So if anyone has tips, either you two or people who want to reach me at a, at Dumb and Awful, I just like a big part of my identity is trying to do my best so that uh, when I behave poorly, I, I, I could justify it. And so <laughs> if you can help me here. It would be really good. Yeah. This is one of those instances where I think most of the mutual aid is going to have to be monetary if you're one of the people who managed to keep their job and telecommute. But com look, communists or socialists, if you, if you want to, you know, not embarrass your parents, like, like we don't have <laughs> money though. Yeah. No, I know that is, that is the inherent issue. Our Patreon is is like nearing a thousand for each reporting period, right? And and as we saw, like that's already going to like travel to talk to people and paying guests and shit. So 
we are are more flush than most leftists because we have a podcast. It's the simplest grift. You should just do it. You're at home. There's no reason not to do it. Set up a Patreon. No one knows why they give you money. They just keep doing it. You can offend them. You can be rude. They just keep giving you money. But if we're in a position of relative privilege and we can't figure out how to help people in this scenario or help leftists in this scenario, leftists generally aren't high on the, the totem pole for getting aid so I just, I, man, I don't know, genuinely. I, would, I don't know what I'm supposed to be doing right now. I would like to use this opportunity and our audience just to pass on some quick medical advice, if I may. Um, yeah. This is for, and let me let me reiterate this. This is for healthy people in their 20s and 30s who don't have anything wrong with them. No lung conditions, no asthma. If, if you are listening to this podcast, let me just go ahead and, and give my medical advice. You do have something wrong yeah, with you. Yeah. <laughs> If you feel like you have the symptoms, if you have a weird chest pain, if you have a dry cough, if you have a fever, et cetera, et cetera, do not go to the emergency room. Just sit at home. You have it. Just assume you have it. Right? There's nothing they're going to do for you at the emergency room that you can't just do on your couch. This is if you are otherwise healthy and you are in your 20s or 30s. And you, you know, it sucks, but you're okay. You're not feeling short of breath. You're not, you know, having trouble breathing, anything like that. Stay at home. Just don't even go in. A positive test is not going to do anything. Call your boss and tell them you have it because they're not going to test you anyway if you go to the emergency room. That's just my little thing. If you have, if you're older or you have any kind of pre-existing condition, any kind of lung issue at all, get the fuck to the emergency room. Don't wait. Now, Brad, just just real quick, because I, I in, in many ways I am the proxy for our listeners. Um, <laughs> when you say lung condition, let's say I've been vaping straight vitamin b off of off-brand carts for the last year and a half is that a lung condition uh well (laughs) remember how earlier in the year everyone was getting those problems with vaping yeah that's why i said the correct vitamin (laughs) (laughs) that's a that's i think i just have you think i just got vitamin on retainer that i could just go back and pull that whenever i need it no (laughs) i got vitamin b vitamin d and to be honest, I've already forgotten which one I said originally. <laughs> I think you should probably invest in not doing that anymore, but I'm not going to tell you how to live your life. Buddy, the world's on fire, and you're telling people not to vape? This is dangerous misinformation. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right, everybody. This has been Brett at Real on the Sport, Rob at Dumb and Awful, Brad at Fizz Fishizzle. Come join our Discord and hang out if you'd like. Uh, check out our bonus episodes on Patreon. Um, we'll be doing more streaming as well if you want to check out our Twitch stream. Also, uh, you can't go out to eat because of coronavirus. So why not watch Brett's excellent Cooking with Comrades series and figure out how to make nice treats for yourself because you should treat yourself. And also, uh, no one's. it's just this. So, you know, do what you can. <laughs> exactly. All right, thanks, y'all. Yeah.